Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Danker. It's now time for In the Spotlight. Let's talk about passwords. Put that one in the spotlight. We've had it since, what, the 1960s? And that's really changed the digital world as we know it. Passwords are now an unconscious standard practice in our lives. From your first pet to the street you grew up on, they are deeply ingrained in our minds, if you think about it. Do you remember your first password? Well, passwords today are the primary guardians of our privacy, personal data, and finances. Despite the knowledge. Passwords are often viewed with a lot of complacency even though it's, you know, it's sometimes very simple, easy to guess passwords that are insecure and that's what we should not be doing. Your dog's name, your spouse's name, your birth date, other words, phrases related to your life that are easily discoverable on your social media profiles, that makes it easy for attackers to discover and that's not what you want. So, how can we make sure our password hygiene is up to standard? On the line with me is Ian Lim, who is field Chief Security Officer, JPEG Palo Alto Network. Ian, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, Elliot. How are you doing? Very good. And this is a topic I'm personally quite uh, passionate about. Now, (laughs) in your role, you're the Field Chief Security Officer at Palo Alto Networks. Tell me a little bit more about this. So what exactly do you cover? So I cover um, cybersecurity strategy across the region. I speak to a lot of uh, executives in terms of how to, you know, solve these big problems of security that they have within the enterprises, including, you know, dealing with authentication. Okay. And are there, I don't know, any interesting cases that you could share? (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, you know, passwords have gone through so many iterations. As a matter of fact, you know, password is probably the least secure, you know, of the way that we authenticate. So, you know, in the authentication world, you know, it comes down to three things, right? Okay. Something you know, which is your password, something you have, you know, typically your phone or in the past, you know, you carry a heart token. Even today, you can carry a token and something that you are, right, biometric mm-hmm. uh, as a form of authentication. So companies have really been moving towards solving, you know, this difficult issue with passwords. And one of the key things that they do is they consolidate sign-on. So you heard of uh, this thing called single sign-on. Okay. And and we all have this in Singapore, we use SingPass, yes. right? And yes. it's a great implementation of single sign-on. But then when you consolidate all these accounts under one roof, you've got to make sure that the way you authenticate to that single sign-on is very strong, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's where you don't want to lean hard on passwords, but rather use, you know, you know, either something you have or something that you are. And I suppose you're alluding to the fact that we could use biometrics, like, uh, for example, an eye scan or a thumb scan. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, that and the, you know, and there are, there's one stronger one, which is, you know, that there's some, you know, very advanced, you know, administrators out there that are carrying around FIDO keys. Okay. And essentially, they're hard token to authenticate. And then on that token itself, there is a biometric. So, you know, again, if you're, you know, that, that's the stuff of spice, right? But right. if you're protecting banks, et cetera, you know, that, that makes sense. Right. Uh, Ian, I do apologize ahead of time, but I watched too many movies and yeah. I can't help but wonder with these biometrics. I mean, if a person is desperate enough, what kind of potential negative side can come out of it, you know, in terms of biometrics or trying to steal biometrics, uh, especially with, I guess, high net worth people? 
Yeah, you know, and that happens, you know, okay. obviously. I watch too um, many movies. I, Do pardon me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you take the you know, the cellophane tape, you know, yeah. you, you you do do the whole Mission Impossible yeah. thing. As a matter of fact, what's what's funny about what you just said is that there was a case, you know, in Hong Kong whereby they use uh, deep fakes. So they use AI voice generation oh. to trick a bank manager to transfer funds. Uh, $35 million, never caught, it happened. Wow. So um, you're right to be, <laughs> you know, to be skeptical and, and you know, but, but the truth is that you can only protect yourself so much, right? Okay. So authentication might be a layer of protection. Mm. The other layer that has to kind of take place is the actual detection. So we call this user behavior analytics, mm. right? Mm. So authentication gets you into an account, but you, you know, the company, the bank, uh, the financial institution needs to kind of watch whether this activity is normal or not, and you see this in Correct. credit card, right? All of a sudden, you know, you've got credit card, you know, being swiped from Nigeria. Yeah. Well, that's not you. So I think it's multiple layers of defense. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the point that you bring up, and and I know uh, we were talking about password, and and we'll get into the topic of password hygiene, but. Um, sure. There will be people who argue that with biometrics and things like that, you're giving away too much data, personal data. But perhaps the problem solver there is to have even more data to be able to analyze your behavioral patterns, thereby being able to warn fast enough, hey, suspicious activity happening right now. Yeah, so the, depending on the way that it's implemented, the biometric data actually stays, you know, um, for the most part on your phone, mm. right? And uh, the, the phone makers as well as the identity, you know, um, access industry kind of came together and said, look, why don't we kind of do, a, you know, a thing whereby we collaborate in a way that, you know, they can use the biometric on the phone and then we're able to, you know, use that as a form of authentication. And they did that and, and they did it really well. So, you know, I, I'm actually a big proponent of that because what that is, it's called a passwordless authentication. Yeah. And it, it enables for a, you know, again, technically it's asymmetric uh, encryption that's happening, but it enables for authentication to happen without passing a secret, you know, and that secret can be stolen because we never passed it. Mm. Long story short, you know, there are great strides being made uh, in industry for that to happen. That's why when you log on to your bank, you know, in some banks now, mm-hmm. you just use your official ID and that's good enough. Yeah. They'll log you into your account. Yeah, that, that is quite an interesting, uh, and especially in the future, that, is going to speed up the authentication process as well. Absolutely. Um, But on the topic of strong password hygiene in the day and age that we're in right now, what makes a good password hygiene? Well, so passwords are, again, you know, you know, even I'm talking about these passwordless yeah. methods, right? At the end of the day, somewhere down the line, there's always a password somewhere, yeah. you know, that, that someone has to have, right? To recover an account, you know, to set up the account, et cetera, whatever, whatever that is. So what makes for a good password is ultimately the stuff that you know, which is complexity. Like you've got to add the numbers, you've got to add the asterisks and, you know, all the special characters, and it's got to be long. And a lot of that has to do with the mathematical, you know, uh, equation that takes to crack a password. So the longer it is, the harder it is to crack. And so it, it makes it really hard for people to remember, you know, these cryptic passwords, right? Because, you know, how many passwords can you, you know, like how long can your passwords be? And, and, and on top of that, typing it on the phone makes it hard. Mm. 
So, um, so you know, some recommendations that I have used for myself and for others is I use doubling. So you remember one password, and then you put you know a few special characters in between those passwords. And if if it's a bank, you can put dollar sign. If it's a social network, you could put at signs. You know whatever it is, and then you use the same password again. So you just double the length of your password significantly, and that changes how hard it is. The second thing is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it does. it does. So, so you don't actually have to remember so much, right? You, you're basically you know, remembering the same thing twice. And the second thing is, don't use dictionary words. I, I can't emphasize this enough. Make you were saying earlier, don't use your dog's name, etc. Et yeah. Don't use the common stuff, right? Use words that you make up. And for us, you know, living in a multilingual society. Just use Chinese words and romanize it, you know? So it's not in the dictionary, but something you remember. My mother would be so proud of me if I did that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wow. I mean, would you say, I mean, and and this is an opinion question. Would you say that before we get to that biometric world where access will be a lot easier and a lot safer because it's biometrics, that we really need to understand everything that you talked about, the the, the coming up with that password hygiene or Mm. or, or, you know, romanizing uh, Chinese words or characters, understand that, get that logic right and appreciate the value of a good password before we can really appreciate the biometric sort of easier way in life? Yeah, well, I mean, if you know, if you think about it, so much of our lives is digital now, right? And yeah. everything important is behind a password. And, and you know, the truth of the matter is I want people to not think so much about the password, but really think about the consequences. We are really trying to protect ourselves from account compromise and account takeover. Mm. That is what we're after, right? Because how many of you have received that Facebook apology? Hey, I'm so sorry my Facebook account got hacked. And then, you know, and, you know, we're getting emails from very familiar people, but it's, you know, requesting very strange things. Those are all the after effects of account takeover. And for those of us who've had our bank account taken over, I mean, we really know the pain of that, right? Mm, Yeah. So I think we need to think in terms of that. We need to think in terms of how do I stop my my valuable accounts from being compromised? And the answer to that is use not only stronger password, but use multi-factor authentication. You know, whatever the bank offers you, use the strongest that they have. You know, if they offer you that biometric authentication, use that, right? You know, definitely don't stick with just password for all your important accounts. At the minimum, you have to have, you know, a two-factor authentication, but better yet, you know, multi-factor authentication. And then the second thing, make sure you check you always be aware, you know, you know, in a lot of financial institutions, they, they set up notifications, you know, if you're doing a transfer, if you're doing yes. this, if you're doing that, yes. right? Or, or check your billing statements. Always be aware of what's going on in your account so that you're able to kind of track. Yes. And then I'll add a third thing. I know I'm going a bit long. No, no. This is great for Singapore. Uh, MES instituted that banks should have kill switches. You know, so that as soon as you find out that something will arise going on in your account, you need to pick up the phone and to be able to call the bank and say, look, stop everything. Mm. Um, And so I think that, you know, people should make it really hard for the attackers by by using multi-factor authentication. People should be very aware of what's going on in their account so that they detect these things early. And then third is people should have a plan on what to do if they detect something suspicious, which is, you know, 
activate the kill switch. I, I like that. And you know what? Checking uh, bank statements, uh, I personally have uh, realized I, w- I had accidentally or I don't know, my computer decided to subscribe to some kind of, <laughs> right. you know, it does happen, right? When you use the free trial and, and that happens. And uh, thankfully, I save money by stopping that. Uh, I'm, do, I, I'm curious, you know, how do companies like yours, uh, Palo Alto Networks, how do you guys work with law enforcement? And, and really, this is just out of curiosity. How do you guys yeah. work with law enforcement to create this better, more password hygienic world, more safer cyber security? Security-wise, yeah. So we we partner extensively, you know, with uh, over 200 law uh, enforcement uh, entities across the world. Um, Interpol being a classic one, and a lot of what we do, right, is to really stop that account takeover and stop that, you know, business executive scams. So you know, uh, there's a case last year where we were very involved in, you know, helping uh, Interpol and the African police take down a Nigerian BEC scam wow. ring. You know, so we provide the data and the telemetry and we sort of help them figure out, okay, where and who to, you know, target. And then, and they're able to, because that, you know, they, they have a lot of that data from us, they're able to kind of execute the arrest uh, well. And, and that stopped the, you know, the ebb and flow, right, of these scams. It kind of slows down and then like weeds, right, these cameras mm. grow up again and yeah. then we have to take them down again. Oh, gosh. Well, I've been speaking with uh, Ian Lim, the Field Chief Security Officer, JPEG for Palo Alto Network. Ian, I appreciate your time today. Take care and have a great Monday evening. Thank you so much, Elliot. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.